Today's episode of the Ramp Podcast features Kirsten Kuytendall of Fidelity. Kirsten is a thought leader in the talent acquisition space. She's spent numerous years working at Fidelity, innovating on how they source, find, keep, and nurture talent. I talked to her about many things, including what the future of work looks like, how to democratize hiring processes, how remote work is impacting today's workforce, and what early career professionals should do for themselves in order to level up their game. I enjoyed this conversation with Kirsten, not only because she's an innovator, thought leader, empathetic, creative, and enlightening, but also because she was just fun, exciting, and easy to speak with. So let's jump into this episode of the Ramp Podcast with Kirsten Kuykendall. You're listening to The Ramped Podcast, a podcast connecting industry heavyweights with the next generation of talented professionals. We're on a mission to build transparency into the practical realities of your early career by exploring how the world's best did it themselves. Our guidance will help you discover and launch a successful career in sales, technology, finance, and many other industries. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Ramped Podcast. Today, I have an extra special guest with me. It is Kirsten Kuykendall. Kirsten, how are you today? I'm doing great, Danny. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. So I know we were chatting before and you have a ton of thoughts on the future of work and how folks are getting involved in financial planning and a slew of other topics. I'm super excited to jump in with you on all of that. But before we get started, I do have to ask you, who is Kirsten Heikendahl? Yeah, thank you. So I'm a wife. I am a dog mom of two lovely dogs. I have an aunt, a friend, an ally. I'm a, I'm a chronic self-reflector. So any kind of like personality test, I know, uh, I know who I am for better, for worse. And I'm an avid traveler, fashion lover, and a crime, true crime aficionado. That's, that's who, that's who Kirsten is. Amazing. Well, true crime aficionado, we'll have to dive into what shows you're watching on a separate episode and offshoot of the Ramp podcast, but I'm, I'm an aficionado of sorts myself, so I'm, I'm super interested to catch up after the session, but great to have you on. We are very excited to hear your perspective on everything. First question for you is when you're thinking through what the future of the workplace looks like, what does it actually look like as a primer? What does it look like? And what are the players? Where are we sitting maybe physically and then even philosophically? And who's involved with all of the decision making? Yeah. So, you know, what I would say is for us at Fidelity and how we're thinking about it, we've really coined the phrase dynamic working as the future of work. It's really a hybrid approach in the way we think about it. And this means that, you know, our employees are going to, they're going to spend some time in the office. They're going to spend some time at home, but the time in office is going to be fueled with individual growth and building relationships and, you know, working with, you know, peers as well as, you know, other connected business groups that are really going to be productive for them when they are in the office. But they're also going to be able to spend some time at home to really support their diverse both work and life needs. I know for myself, 
The days that I'm working at home tend to be, you know, a little bit heads down, kind of focused, less distractions, except for the dog part, of course. And then, you know, when I'm in the office, I try to open up my my time so I can actually walk the halls and connect with people that I maybe haven't seen in quite some time. So, you know, our days on site have to be really intentional. And that's how we're really thinking about, you know, the future, the future of work. I would say also, though, that uh, it's really been built. Uh, approach has been tested uh, past, you know, several months and even quite frankly, year and really has been rooted in feedback from our employee base. So, you know, we've been listen, listening to them intently throughout the pandemic and even before collecting their feedback, asking, you know, what what's working well, um, what they're worried about, what other stresses have come in. You know, there's a lot of great things we've heard from them about commute free days and you know, ability to do that heads down work and also some of the well-being, you know, impacts of being able to work from home. And we want to be able to support our employees at doing the best of both. Yeah, it's a a really good point and well thought through. And I know Fidelity has that perspective on it. I'm curious to know, and, and I'll give you some of my perspective on it. So I'm somebody who I graduated into the last great financial crisis. So around the 2007 through 2009 crash, I graduated in in 2009. I am somebody who didn't know what I was getting into at all. I jumped into a a startup at the time, uh, Groupon, and I, I could not imagine my life without that early career experience sitting next to a bunch of colleagues who were around the same age as me, some with a little more experience, some with the same experience, and all of us just kind of in a room, ho-humming together and really bouncing ideas and innovating together. Like, what what are we going to do to replace that experience if we do commit long-term to remote work, which I think, I think that's a trend. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, first of all, that, you know, kudos to you and so many other of your peers during that time frame that, you know, hit a, hit a lot of folks, you know, with many different challenges and Certainly what I think we've learned is that, you know, there will continue to be challenges in this work world, things we haven't seen before. So I would say is we have to be intentional. So we just had today's the last day of our 10 week internship for a thousand plus of our interns across the firm. And we had intentional what we called connect weeks where the interns came in and got to meet each other in person. And some of them obviously weren't necessarily working in the same in the same group or function, but it was just good to be with, you know, peers and talk about what it means to work at a company during a summer and what they're learning about about the corporate culture. And our associates who are starting out right after school or early, early in their career want the same thing. We heard a lot from employees during the pandemic where they said, you know, I'm really missing being able to kind of turn around in my cube and ask a question or even benefit from, you know, a, a, a within earshot conversation. So we have to really think about how to make that time in person really intentional. And then if you're just sitting in the office doing Zoom to Zoom to Zoom, that's not going to be beneficial for anyone. And so, you know, I think, I don't think we figured it all the way out just yet. And quite frankly, the way I think about it is, we need each other, all of us as a community to really kind of learn what works and what doesn't. And we have to be actively talking about both the good as well as the challenges. Yeah, that's a really good point. Really good point. I think, you know, the future, in my in my perspective, I do feel like there's some sort of hybrid component, whether it's mandated or not, but some sort of hybrid component will probably exist, right? If you want an offshoot office, or if you have a place to go where you can collaborate with folks in office that 
will likely be available. And I think folks are going to relax or be lax on the, hey, look, I'm just a more productive worker from home. Work and life is kind of blended for me over the last, you know, two, five, whenever this ends or if it ends uh, years. So it's just, that's just how I work now. You know, I got to, I got to pick up the kids at five, you know, the commute is an hour for me. It just makes no sense anymore. So it will be really interesting to see how that, that trend flows. I think in your role, obviously as a talent acquisition leader, I'm sure you hear these early career or even, you know, seasoned folks talk through those decisions. What are you hearing and where do you think that trend is? I mean, I think, you know, there's, there's been a lot out, you know, certain companies have said, you know, this is their policy. Uh, We've done is really taken again, a, a little bit of a, of a test and learn approach, because I think what we thought it would have been months and even a year ago is different than how we've shaped it today. So I think for us, it's been really good to be able to talk about it. And our recruiters are taking are taking part in that early learning. So we don't actually want to tell someone what that flexible schedule looks like if we're not able to take advantage of it ourselves. So, you know, we have some in time office, office time where we're spending time collaborating on, you know, today's staffing challenges, but also using it to get together. So I had the opportunity to travel to North Carolina and our regional site there last week. And I got to meet so many people that were either new to the company since the pandemic, maybe new to talent acquisition, or I had been in a different role prior to the pandemic and uh, didn't, didn't know these folks that are now on my team. I maybe saw them virtually, but you know, there's just something special about being in person. So I think, again, there's, there's just a real opportunity for us to think through how to come together in this new way of working, as well as to, to shape what it will be. So we've been hearing from candidates. Obviously, they want to know precisely what it means. And what we've talked about is it may differ for each role. So over time, some roles that are you know highly trained or you know maybe some of our you know, roles where there's a lot of on on the job learning early on, it may be more beneficial to be in the office a little bit more early on when they join the company or new enroll than maybe if they've been in that role for a little bit longer. And so, you know, the point is to be upfront and transparent and to talk through what folks are worried about as well as what's important to them. Because I think we all have a little bit of a perception of what that what that looks and feels like based on, you know, our own our own experience. A really good point. And I think what I, the thread that I'm pulling is that empathetic approach seems like you've thought through this quite sincerely too. Like I do feel empathy has been at the forefront of our minds here at Ramped about, you know, our existence, but I do feel like the the winners of this, let's call it pandemic, post-pandemic era have been folks who have really thought through how to acquire talent, empathy, and how to onboard and train and be thoughtful about the life cycle of talent as well. And it does sound like at Fidelity, especially specifically you too, you know, you've thought through like, okay, you got to listen to what they're actually saying to us and really get, get in it with them to figure out the right path forward. And that's, that's really cool that you all are doing that. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, I would say there's also been some bright spots of COVID, which is um, sometimes hard to believe. So we actually were able to move our onboarding processes to you know fully virtual right when the pandemic uh, began. So we were able to shift to more of a, a 12 month guided digital experience that introduces our new employees to key resources, things like 
What is, who is Fidelity? What do we do? Ways that they can get involved, leveraging career resources, tools to communicate with each other. And we've paired them with peer buddies too. And so those are some things that, you know, that we think will, will stay, will be here to stay. But, you know, back to your point, I, I do think, you know, we have a great honor and privilege in the talent acquisition function. You know, how I talk about it with my team is, you know, we truly are here to shape the future of Fidelity by attracting and cultivating and really placing the people who are going to build it. We've been an amazing organization, full of innovation and incredibly stable for you know, the last 75 years. And that history and that you know, we want to really continue and we want to find people who are really energized to help us build it for the future. Yeah, I, I, I think that's really admirable, that purveyor of culture, you know, making sure that there's a protected culture and that it's uplifting and inspiring for not only folks who are there, but folks who are coming in. I think that's, that's very unique. And especially for some business, the size of fidelity, I think that's a really cool perspective and good to know that businesses like yours are, are, are thinking through that as well. A lot of times, uh, you know, we have that the early career perspective, but a lot of times folks are kind of disheartened by these larger recruiting initiatives, mostly because they hear so many rejections, but they don't really get to know the company that well. It sounds like you are doing a great job allowing this crew, allowing folks to get to know you right off the bat and, and uh, sharing those values with them throughout. Uh, you want to switch gears a little bit. So sure. we are very much obsessing about a way that an early career person positions himself for not only today, but really the future and what, what that looks like. How do you think folks are doing it well today? And maybe what are some of the learnings that you can allow for folks to kind of position themselves better? And where do you think that's going in the future? I mean, I think, I think about when I started my career and, you know, I was a finance major mainly because a, a pre-med major didn't work out so well for me. <laughs> and <Yeah>. also because <laughs> I... Also because I really loved math and I thought if I'm going to get into business, like finance and math was like a comfort zone for me. So, you know, I was taking an approach early in my career of looking at, at a job as, as a, as a very linear career path. You know, it's kind of like you, you go to school or you get into the workforce, you just work incredibly hard and, you know, good things will happen. And what I, what I appreciate about, you know, the next generation of talent that's here is there's so much, you know, rich experiences and perspectives about the world and who they are and what they can contribute regardless of their major. And there's way more of an approach towards wanting to work for a company that they, you know, admire, support, as well as, you know, want to contribute to. And so for me, I think about, you know, obviously you have to come in and, and, you know, do something you like, but also it's your first job is never your last job. And there's a lot of opportunity if you are really open to navigating. So, you know, for me, I think about people who come in and really learn their job take the time to do it well, kind of look upstream and downstream at where they get the work. Uh, again, I'm a little bit of a process person. So that's probably, again, another comfort zone of, of mine. But I think that intellectual curiosity around where you're getting your work from, who you're passing your work to, and kind of thinking about that end-to-end -end big picture is what makes somebody, you know, really successful. And then I think investing in yourself. I think 
I didn't do enough of that early on. I was super hungry and, and working really hard, but we really want people to come to, to Fidelity, for example, to, to build their career. You know, this industry and of course, you know, companies like us, you have an opportunity to not just do finance, but to do technology and marketing and operations and HR and so many different things. So for me, I think it's really important to find a company that you you value, they value you, and you know you really have an opportunity to, to learn and grow. Yeah, really, really well spoken. Really great thoughts. I'm a process person too, so I uh, I can totally get that. And a lot of times, you know, recruiting processes are 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 just that, like really process oriented, but need that extra little little spark to get folks to, you know, even feel the love during the process, so they think good or bad outcome that this company is amazing, would be an amazing employer. It sounds like Fidelity is doing a lot of things to put folks in those seats. Do you have a question? As you mentioned something, we talk about it often, like those investments that early career professionals can make in themselves. What are a few things that you see really work well at Fidelity or even outside of Fidelity when an early career or even somebody in a, in a new role invests in themselves? What are some things that they could do to boost that experience, boost their career path, boost, you know, even the next two, three years of their work environment? Yeah. So, you know, I think about, again, really, really learning your job. So take the time to talk to your peers, talk to your manager, again, really, and, and not just do it for doing its sake. So, you know, really take time to understand the impact who your customer is and, and really try to walk in their shoes. You know, I think also, as you get that a little bit more under your belt or foundation and laid. One thing that I found that was really important in early on in my career was reaching out to people and asking, finding somebody I either admired, peer or a leader, and just offer, ask for some time to, to get to know them and to connect dots. I typically found that, you know, putting yourself out there was really hard. At least it was for me. I always felt like other people were busy and, you know, they had a day job and they wouldn't necessarily, you know, have, have time for me or who was I to kind of ask of their valuable time. But what I found in that is I love making connections. I like meeting people and it helped me kind of very early on understand some of the different dynamics that we have, at least at the firm or different, our operating model, right? Like the type of businesses that we have, as well as just kind of get advice. You know, what did what did you do starting out your career? Um, you know, what do you do now that that interests you? How do you navigate this company? How do you navigate your career at this company? And uh, you know, the good thing about Fidelity is we really have an opportunity to have multiple career paths. So I myself have been here 16 years. So it's my Amazing. sweet 16, which is just bananas to say. Congratulations. Um, yeah, thanks. I've had like five different jobs. I myself, again, started in process improvement. I never thought I would be in HR, let alone leading TA. But after chatting with lots of people and doing a bunch of different things, I can see that TA in a lot of ways is like a general yeah. manager of HR. It's the, it's the marketing of the firm and the company and our benefits. It's, it's kind of the sales function of recruiters who are selling the job and selling, you know, selling the company. It's technology and projects and candidate experience and so many things. It's a huge machine in operations. I mean, we are hiring more people than we have in Crazy. many, many years. And to do that, you really, you really have to run a really, a really strong business. So 
So back to your question, I, I would say it's, it's having the, you know, the intellectual curiosity, taking the time to really invest in, in who you are in your career, but also, you know, taking the time to ask others, you know, what you can do to learn and grow. And then I think the last thing is always pay it forward. I mean, I try to do that too. I, I think, you know, I think about all the people early on in my career that that helped me and that really took the time for me. And I, I want to do the same for others because had they said no, I don't know. It'd be a lot harder. That's great. Really actionable too. Something that I was very fortunate to have early in my career was the training program at Groupon was kind of just run you through the playbook, get you out on the phones ASAP. But the one thing that I remember really, really strongly is they encouraged you to reach out and even put you with other folks who had done it before, or even six months to a year ahead of you, just let you sit next to them and hear their pitches, hear exactly how they do things, hear what they're saying, what they're not saying, the objections you face. And that was really influential in my early career. And then when folks came around and were were hiring, you know, I got the opportunity to like pay it back right away. And I think that part of the group on training program was really, really cool. So it resonates very strongly with me. I do have to ask though, did they give you a car for your sweet 16th birthday at Fidelity? It seems like now's the time. <laughs> no, no car, but you know, at 15 years, I got an extra week vacation, um, which due to COVID, I got to roll over and I just came back from Ireland, Paris and London. So I guess, I guess that's a really great thing. <laughs> okay. So the car, the car is coming soon and maybe, maybe at 18th or 21st, we'll see. <laughs> so Back to a little bit of the future of work discussion. I'm curious to know, so you've got a good swath, I think, of talent at Fidelity. It sounds like y'all are hiring aggressively still. When they come in, and I'm sure they're just, you know, some may exclusively look at Fidelity, some, you know, I, I imagine the vast majority are interviewing at tons of places. What are folks thinking of, I guess, on the company side or corporate side, who do you think will be the winners in this future of work environment or when the future of work happens and what will they do to differentiate themselves amongst each other? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great question. I think, and I, and I want to, I'm going to answer it and then I'm going to listen to the podcast <laughs> again, like in six months and just see, and I think this world just continues to change so rapidly. And I think it tests us with what we thought we knew, or at least I'll speak for myself. So you know, things I thought you know, could never change or, you know, very rarely change with great amounts of time or effort and energy have, you know, shifted on a dime and, and some for good and, and probably some for not good. So, you know, I think the people and the companies that will win will, will be open to listening to and really to candidates, to their current employee base, to really thinking critically about how the world is changing and what's important to folks. So again, I think, you know, I used to, I used to dread my commute. I didn't really have that much of a commute. It's like 25 minutes. It's not bad, but inevitably get stuck at a light, be frustrating, frustrated, all these things. And now it's actually a welcome for me. I actually get to listen to podcasts and uh, I get to, uh, listen to some music and get some downtime. So, you know, all that to say, I think that a whole lot has been put and shifted in perspective. And, you know, I think those that are open, those that are willing to change and evolve, 
the next generation of talent is very different than, than myself and even, you know, my predecessors. And there's a lot that we can learn from each other to collectively shape the future of, of the way and of which we work as well as how and where and, and all of that. So I'm sure there's so much that we can't even anticipate now that you know, I get excited about because it means that it keeps us on our toes. It keeps us you know, continually innovating. And I really hope and believe that Fidelity will, will be out there and, and, and really differentiating ourselves. It's a good perspective. And I think you're right. You know, I think it is again, back to that thread in the beginning, but I think it is just listening, right? Like getting in it with the folks that are already in there and not shutting down ideas, even if today they don't sound like the right move, you never know what could happen in the future. And I agree with you, like the way that we did work 10, 15 years ago is so different from what we're doing today. It's, it's wild. So a lot of stuff I couldn't, I probably could have expected some like never would have thought of, but, but that's, that, that's good perspective. Last question before we, we leave is, you know, there's a lot of talk today, especially at Ramped, we, we focus on a lot of democratizing access to jobs, to learning about jobs, to interview processes. I definitely want to hear your perspective on it. What does democratization or access to different roles look like today? And where is that trend going and who is innovating? there as well. Yeah. I mean, I think for us, the way that what's really important is that our, our associate base really reflects our customer base. So we are really trying to bust myths that there's a place for quite frankly, you know, anyone who wants to be in financial services through the pandemic at the beginning, when some of the, you know, service industries were, you know, laid off, we were able to recruit folks who are, you know, in the hotel industry or hairstylists because customer service yep. really transcends many different, many different companies and industries. I think if some of our research, you know, quite frankly, has, has shown that, you know, teenage girls are more likely than, than boys to say that investing feels, you know, out of reach for them. And so we're doing a lot of things to reach deep, deeper into future talent pools, for example, uh, young women. So we've got some high school programs, so something we call Boundless, which is really, you know, identifying and partnering with young women who identify as women in high school and college age females that are exploring opportunities in the financial industry. We also have, you know, done some partnership with Invest in Girls. We also have really been successful in a resume and return to work program where we worked with, you know, women who took a break in their careers and are, you know, they were caretaking for their children or, you know, elderly parents or just whatever the reason want to get back into, back into the workforce. And generally speaking, you know, their resume having a break might not, you know, bode as well for them. And so it's been really successful in us really having some resumers, we call them back into the workforce, especially in some of our technology and operation spaces. So for us, it's really important. Women are a critical part of the workforce. And, you know, back to your point, I think, you know, for us, we're hoping to really have more young women see themselves in a financial services industry and company like Fidelity. It's amazing. It's amazing. Very actionable. Love the programming. And I think you're right. You just, you have to just be proactive with it too. You have to buy into the fact that it's happening and you, you legitimately just have to take action against some of these trends you're seeing. And I think it sounds like you have 
and Fidelity has really put pen to paper on these initiatives and broken down some of their biases or even like preconceived notions that exist in and outside of the workforce. So kudos to you on that and a, and a great place to, to wrap our discussion for today. Before I let you go, Kirsten, where can folks find you? LinkedIn, definitely out there. Find me. I, I probably am the only Kirsten Heikenall out there. So hopefully it's easy to find. Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. This has been a very, very thought-provoking discussion. I know our audience is going to absolutely eat this one up. Kirsten, from the bottom of our hearts over here at Ramp, thank you so much. And we hope to see you again on the Ramp Podcast. Sounds great. Thank you, Danny. Thank you for listening to the Ramped Podcast. To access our show notes, the Ramped platform, or to become a corporate partner, visit www.rampedcareers.com or email us at sales at rampedcareers.com. This podcast is brought to you by Ramped. Ramped is on a mission to democratize job access through learning and career discovery. Until next time.